0: Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world, you're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator, for educators, and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about the culture of making in your school and encouraged you to take part in Global Maker day Check out the social streams for more. This week, I wanted to ask about what you did on Tuesday and throughout the week to celebrate Global Maker Day, and your highlights from exploring the hashtag Global Maker Day. Please share with me via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is SchoolTube schooltube is the leading k-12 video sharing community for 75,000 schools from every corner of the world plus it's safe and fun teachers create accounts on schooltube by finding their school in a drop down menu and submitting an email address if no school account exists schooltube prompts teachers to register their school students hoping to register have to also find their school in a drop down menu if the school isn't there they're directed to ask an adult at school to create an account for them uploading creating editing and sharing on schooltube is easy various options for privacy settings offer flexibility once a teacher's account is confirmed a teacher can approve his or her own videos and publish them instantly teachers can organize videos into a playlist which can also be added to a channel this is especially handy if you have several classrooms during the day and need different resources. Users can be added to a channel, allowing students to upload or create their own videos. Sharing is as easy as can be using Facebook, Twitter or hyperlinks, or by an embedded video into a webpage. New features include the ability to add attachments and a video quiz. The recent updates allow more interaction with videos too, increasing learning and interest. I like the use of SchoolTube, particularly in schools where YouTube is blocked or not accepted. The best part about this is that it's free. I highly recommend that you take a look at schooltube.com. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about the culture of making and Global Maker Day. If you're interested in learning more, check out the hashtag Global Day and go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about minimum expectations for tech in your school. As an ex-head of edtech and innovation in a large EY to grade 12 international school here in Singapore, and through working with many schools globally as a consultant, I know the importance of training and expectations to drive strategy and growth. One of my recommendations to schools is to always think about and build out a minimum expectations for tech list for staff, students, and parents at your school what this looks like is always context-specific, but relies on what you have built before. As a starting point, as we've talked about on previous episodes, is to build a culture where people want to learn, develop, grow, and be the best that they can be. This means that before you even think about building a strategy for edtech integration at your school, you have to build the culture that underpins this success. Go back and listen to previous episodes to learn more, or reach out to me for some information. When I think about a minimum expectation list for learning in my school, I start with my teaching faculty, the people in my building, the people who directly impact and engage in learning experiences with students every day. These are the most important and most influential people we have in our schools and the group where we can create the greatest impact when it comes to the integration of technology to add value to learning. Starting here, I always ask questions related to context like, are you a one-to-one device school? Are you a Google or Microsoft school? How do teachers engage students in learning? What learning management system do you use? Etc. This helps give me a clear picture of what the expectations are and it makes it easier to build out a strategic plan for minimum expectations. At my previous school, we identified two priority expectations that we wanted to set for our faculty of about 400 teachers. These were digital well-being and tech skills. Digital well-being for us meant that we wanted our staff to have a minimum level of knowledge and understanding of how to integrate digital well-being into their teaching, an understanding of what it meant and what it looked like to do this, with a mindset change, of course. To achieve this, we set a minimum expectation that by the beginning of next academic year, all staff would be Common Sense certified, and we'd become a Common Sense certified school all new staff the next academic year coming into our school would be required to complete this before their first day. The second minimum expectation was related to G Suite, as we used Google tools across the school for everything we did. This meant that we set a minimum expectation that all staff would be Google Level 1 certified educators at a bare minimum, with the option to progress to Level 2 as well, with the test costs covered by the school as part of our professional development program. We also set aside dedicated time to support teachers as part of our professional learning program. This wasn't extra, it was part of their required time during the week. This gave us the understanding that our staff all had a minimum level of knowledge and it meant that we could focus our coaching energies on taking learning to the next level. Once we set minimum expectations for learning in our schools, we allow ourselves to take things deeper and to the next level. I'd love to hear what you're doing in your school to drive growth and development of your faculty. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my heroes an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Sammy White. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Sammy White, who you might know as at whatthetrigmath on Twitter. Sammy is a math and edtech teacher and consultant based in the UK. Sammy inspires thousands of people with her blog, her presentations, and her active presence online. Her work is being recognized by people from every corner of the globe, and she's a creator now at eduspark.world. Sammy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Yes, I'm excited. Awesome. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do?
1: Yeah, um, so I am now a freelance educator consultant. So I consult with teachers and do coaching and mentoring in all age range of settings from primary all the way up to universities. Um, But I'm still in the classroom and I still teach. And I teach maths to adults who are resitting high school maths um and I just I just love teaching so I couldn't stop being in the classroom
0: that's so cool that's so so cool uh I I love yeah we were talking just before we hit record about you know what you do and your journey and, and everything you've been doing and it's it is totally inspiring and I love the way you've done it why you've done it as well on that sort of notion what inspired you to start your what the trig blog tell us a little bit about what we can find there
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So the blog, the blog started off as um, me putting down what was happening in my classroom. I was um, often the one that was put in front of the inspectors at work, the one that was, oh, she does tech, she can do that. She does maths and tech, put her in front of the inspectors. (laughs) And I kind of got the feeling that that was a little bit unusual. um, And some of my approaches to teaching maths was a little bit unusual, a little bit Outside of the normal. So, for example, I teach um, Product of Prime Factors by singing Beyonce. Um, So, I think that's quite unusual. So you'll find little nuggets of things like that on the blog. And then it sort of became a reflective diary. I started doing some action research at the beginning of the pandemic um, when I decided to offer my students fully asynchronous study. And that was a huge risk because how do you know they're going to do the work? Um, And so so I I began blogging about how, how the iterations of developing quality online resources for my cohort were happening so you'll find all of that on the blog and it's it's just a space where I just put everything that happens in my classroom it is literally tales from the classroom.
0: I love that it's a cool way to start actually that's how I started blogging as well uh, as a student teacher and I started writing my experiences all the way through until you know I was like six or seven years into a a classroom role before I started moving across to uh, more audio forms of communicating and sharing as well it's a cool story thanks for sharing Sammy. You were the first female in Europe to become a Google-certified coach. Tell us a little bit about this experience.
1: Yeah, so Google Coach is um, one of those programs that's Um, sort of came out and everyone was like oh who's going to go for coach and when we looked at it it was very American in the way it was written Mm. and I know Google are looking at that because it's not a a global it doesn't recognize globally what happens and so I was a little bit reticent to apply and I was thinking I'm not quite sure my experience applies Um, and then Graham my friend he got coach, and I had a chat with him and I said what did you do and he said literally they just want to hear how you're coaching and mentoring people and I was like oh well I do that so I went for it and I found online course really fascinating and it's one of those um awesome online courses um where you are forced to think and i think the best forms of cpd are when you're forced to think so i would urge anyone even if you're not thinking about going for google certified coach the course is up there and it's freely available on the google teacher center and it's a really fascinating course about developing your coaching skills and having those coaching conversations
0: yeah it sounds inspirational i'm going to jump in and have a look at that after this as well Now, Sammy, you're also a creator at eduspark.world. Our listeners have heard about it. They've seen it. We've talked about it a little bit as well. Your courses are amazing. And, you know, I've been able to see the development of those from the beginning to now being live at eduspark.world. Tell us a little bit about the process here, about why you wanted to be on board with eduspark uh, and the courses that you've got up live now. We'll make sure that there's some links to them in the podcast notes as well.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I was inspired by you. Um, I think I think you were so infectious when we met, you were like, this is going to be amazing. I was like, this does sound amazing. And I think (laughs) it's that it's that whole active, like I just said about the Google coach, it's that active making you think, um, approach to learning. And I like, I like the fact you can do CPD your own way. Um, and I was reading somewhere the other day that someone was saying we shouldn't call it CPD, it should be CPL, because we're not photographs and we don't need developing like a Polaroid. So I think I might I might expand on that at some point as well. Um, but yeah, you and um, Andrew and all the team at Just Spark were just really inspiring. And I thought, I really want to be part of this. I, I, I've been told what I do is quite good, so I think maybe I'll share. And up on there at the minute is um, my Power of GIF module course, which is one of the one of the proudest things I've ever really made I when I went freelance I offered it up as a really cheap ticket price to some people on Twitter and I said look for a couple of pounds do you want to come listen to me talk about this and it just sold out I think it was like six times over um so, so and there was an appetite and then I've been booked to deliver it at schools and colleges now and people book me in to do it as their training and that's now on eduspark.world and you can check it out and I, I, I don't just talk about gifts I talk about modeling in your teaching and I talk about the digital divide and I think that's a really important part when we look at online teaching what are we doing to address those imbalances as well um, and then also on there you'll find um some free courses and the free courses on there are about saving time as a maths teacher, project-based learning for a maths teacher and some free resources that are available. And I just sort of explain how they might work in your classroom. And then um, also on there, you'll find about developing student agency, which is a course that's just gone on this week.
0: Thanks, Sammy. That's awesome. We'll make sure that the links to those in the podcast notes below for people to jump into as well. And if you haven't had the chance to explore EduSpark and the work of Sammy, definitely jump in and take a look. Sammy, you do a lot of work with mathematics and edtech separately, but bringing these two together must be really exciting for both you and the people you work with. Tell us about the power of using edtech in your mathematics classroom.
1: Yeah, I, I often say I wear two different hats and then I wear them both sideways when I'm in the classroom. Um, so <laughs> if you can picture two baseball caps sideways on, um, I think... <laughs> I think I think edtech and maths don't naturally sit together. I think I think there's a there's a valid argument that pen and paper still wins the day for maths, and I accept that completely. But that doesn't stop me, you know, giving my students a tool where they can take a photograph of their work, their handwritten work, and it being turned into typed up maths. And then it's also doing a sense check: does that work make sense? Can that work be read? Um, and that's using Text Equation. But um, it also comes in with things like um, interactive collaborative whiteboards. I can model things that would have taken me forever to draw. You you brought me back when you are saying that you blogged about being a student teacher. One of the things I vividly remember is spending an hour before school started drawing my Cartesian axes on the board, <laughs> ready for the day ahead, and then realising I was in the wrong room and I needed to be in a different room and having to do it again. But because I can put on the board now some cartesian axes and i can manipulate shapes things move a lot faster the learning is at a faster pace and the students can explore things a lot more on their own as well and i can develop their independence because i can say look have a go here's a desmos go explore manipulate the shape see what happens and then those the schemas are developed and that long-term memory is developed and it's it, it's transformational when you bring edtech in but i do still hold firm that there is a place for pen and paper.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the work you've done and that's shown uh, each and every day when you're sharing online and the context of your work, which is both with adults and with young learners as well, uh, I think you share that each and every day. So thank you for doing that. Let's do some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind and a very quick why. What's your hashtag one word for
1: 2021? Okay, this is easy. Amplify. Um, I think the role of being online, and it is a role of being online, you make a conscious decision to become online as a teacher, to join EduTwitter, as it's called, or to join LinkedIn or whatever platform you choose to be a TikTok megastar. You've made a conscious decision to come online and share your work. So the role of other teachers, and especially my role, is to amplify that work. Um, There's nothing... I love more than someone with like 26 followers posting something and me retweeting it and it going around and it getting 100 likes. I think that is our job as teachers to support each other. If we're going to be collaborative in developing our own expertise, then we have to amplify each other first. I really love it,
0: (laughs) Sammy, I really do. (laughs) Because that's, you know, the whole thing behind EduSpark is amplifying the voices of people. Uh, Totally inspiring. Thanks for sharing that one word. What's your favourite EdTech book or resource? Oh, does it have to be just one? Go for it now, as many as you want. Throw it out there. <laughs>
1: Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'll go books. So books, um, my favourite book of all time is Tech With Heart by Stacey Roshan. She's Buddy EXO on Twitter. Um, she inspired me many, many years ago, and I just love that book. And I talk about that book all the time because I think if you're new to EdTech and you're not quite sure... I think her bravery her vulnerability and her honesty in that book but with the practical expertise of how she came through and how she worked it all out I, I think you couldn't pick a better book to start with and then if you are an early career teacher or a trainee teacher I, I really really would recommend um, Al Kingsley's Secret Diary of Ed Tech it is just packed full of what did somebody say why did they say it and this is what we what happened when we did it and it's just it's like a textbook of tips for just beginning your ed tech journey it's it's a real great read um as well but then if you want to really challenge yourself um I'd recommend um the book by Sean Baines and the digital education team at Edinburgh University which is the manifesto of teaching online and it talks it with a bit of a post-humanism lens as well, but it talks about how there is a natural distrust when we are online. Because we can track and record everything with ease, we have to work 10 times harder to build that trust with our students. And it also makes the argument that the physical building isn't the best option and that online can be a great option for education as well. So, But it is a challenging read. I'll put that out there.
0: What's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try?
1: Well... I'm probably going to say dot storming because I've just discovered it. <laughs> um, I think I think there's a place for right tool, right job, but I've just discovered dot storming, and I don't think people have heard about it yet. So I'm going to amplify that one out. Um, I needed an um, share embed. A collaborative link for the world courses and so dot storming came to the fore and you can make voting boards on there, you can create floor charts on there, you can collaborate with people. There's a chat feature on there, you can create collages. Um it's it's a really great collaborative notice board essentially, but it's really fab.
0: I agree, yeah. It's new to me too, and I've just discovered it through your courses actually. And I love it, absolutely love it. We've been recommending it to to multiple people. So thanks for that shout out. And we'll put the link in the notes as well. What's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress and succeed in your career, Sammy?
1: And I'm terrible at it, but I really do like to do it. I like to daily read um, and I I book out time and it's actually written in my diary and I make no apologies that it it doesn't shift either. Um, I... I have to have that time to read because how else do I amplify others' work and see all the amazing things that are happening but also how do I develop myself and how do I bring other voices in? And I, I I say this quite a lot, there is a difference between saying you're open and everyone is welcome to actively bringing other voices into the table. So when do you devote that time to read, to listen and to actively bring other people to the table? Amazing. And what's your favourite education-focused quote? Um, I'm going to quote myself. If that's all right.
0: <laughs> of course, I love it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm going to quote
1: myself, um, and and it, it's really simple. But it's um, there has been no lost learning. You lose your purse, not your education.
0: Yeah, that's very very timely as well. I, I really appreciate that. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> You know, you've shared so many things in here, Sammy, that I know the listeners are going to want to continue to learn with you, grow with you, develop with you. What's the best way for them to follow and connect with you?
1: Yeah, so thank you. I'm on Twitter, and I am at WhatTheTrigMath. Um, the blog is WhatTheTrig.co.uk, and the explanation of where the name comes from is on the on the blog on the website as well um, and i also blog at drivingdigital.co.uk and that blog is about um uh it's mine and a friend ian thompson shout him out and uh, we reflect on what the pandemic did to our teaching and learning and to our um Mental state as in our growth mindset and how did we keep going and tools and strategies to help us to think about how did we stay positive. Um, and so that blog's there as well. And there is a blog on Driving Digital about the pedagogy, which is ironically called the pedagogy because I often say to everyone, it's a pedagogical approach. It's not the pedagogy. There's not one type of pedagogy. Um, but it's called the pedagogy where we uh, we sort of strip apart the traditional um, views on pedagogical approaches and sort of say, well, actually, online can do this too, and this is how. Brilliant. We'll make sure
0: the links to all of these are in the podcast notes as well, Sammy. Thank you so much for your time and inspiration today. It's been a pleasure.
1: I just – thank you so much, Craig, for having me on. I just think you're fantastic, and I'm so pleased that we can be part of this edgyspark.world journey. Thanks, Sammy.
0: Next week, join me for Episode 69 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast when I'm joined by the amazing Mike Shankwan. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully following the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last episode, I gave away a seat in the EduSpark Professional Learning Portal, valued at $200 US for one year of unlimited learning at eduspark.world. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Diana Lynn Perkins. Congratulations, Diana Lynn. This week, I'm giving away another seat in the EduSpark Professional Learning Portal valued at $200 US for one year of unlimited learning at eduspark.world. To win this amazing prize, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 20th of October and the winner will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please smash that follow button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. Please remember to spend two minutes to rate this podcast too, so we can reach even more people and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at
1: NZ. We'll see you again soon.